Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to episode 326 of Geek Town Radio, and I'm back this week with Robert. How are you doing? What have you been up to? I'm doing good. I've been up to all kinds of stuff. How are you doing today? I'm very, very well. It's been a while since you've been on. What have you been watching and playing? Watching-wise, I saw Ghostbusters Afterlight while I was in theaters. Ah. Um, please tell me if you've seen it. Yes, I have. It came out on home release over here last week week on monday last week i think i finally seen it excellent movie highly recommend it also saw uh, spider-man no way home very very happy with that have you seen that yet no that i haven't seen yet you really need to get to see that i, um, I know i i'm kind of putting off going to the cinema to see it because i haven't been out to the cinema in a while and it's just sort of finding the time and at this point the cinemas aren't going to be particularly packed anyway so it's not like yeah covid stuff is going to be a huge problem these days but I just haven't had the time to go and see it and I do really really want to watch it because I think the home release isn't until the end of February early March so yeah I, it's, it's another really, two months at least yeah so I do kind of want to go to the cinema to see that I just haven't had the time yeah I'm a little fortunate with movies in the theater because my job is downtown and there's a theater two blocks from where I work oh, um, nice. so it's really easy for me to catch a movie after work um, but yeah in terms of Spider-Man movies, quite literally the best Spider-Man movie ever put in a cinema. And as for MCU, top five, possibly top three wow. uh, movies. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Yeah, I've managed to avoid. I mean, obviously, I know some of the things that have gone on, but I've managed to avoid my kind of major plot points. I know some of the characters that have shown up because a lot of that stuff was sort of all rumored beforehand. So I know some of that, but I've managed to avoid like major plot points for it. So I don't know how it starts. I don't know how it ends. I, you know, so I've managed to keep away from most of like the really spoilery stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. But so I do definitely want to see it because I've heard a lot of good things about it yeah video game wise been putting a lot of time into seven days to die alpha 20 dropped a couple weeks ago for those people that don't know uh, seven days to die is a zombie survival game a lot of base building a little bit of resource management not a whole lot uh, but it's called Seven Days to Die because every seven days, a giant FU wave of zombies comes out to try to wreck your world. They completely reskinned the entire game. So it's basically looking like a new game. They added some quest types. If you're into that kind of a game, it's something you could just sink hours and hours into. Bounced around a few other games on Game Pass. Uh, Hades is a lot of fun. The Lake is really chill. 
Unpacking is a weird game. You are a young lady and you're going through various stages of your life. And the game is literally you move into a new room and just unpack all your stuff as the (laughs) title of the game implies. So you kind of learn the story of your life through unboxing all your stuff. And it's just through various stages. It starts you off, you're a young kid, then you're going off to university, and then you're going through various roommates. And it's just, it's so weird, but it's a super chill game. I haven't played it myself, but a couple streamers that I follow on Twitch have been playing it. And it's just one of those games that you just kind of tell the story of your own life through your stuff, which is kind of weird, but kind of cool. Yeah, I just looked that up on uh, on Steam. It's It does look, I mean, what a weird concept for a game, but that's kind of cool. Very interesting sort of graphic style and pixel kind yeah, of graphic style. Yeah, very 16-bit, Super yeah. NES area kind of graphics. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea for a game it's 1549 on steam at the moment if you want to go find that it's called unpacking that's interesting that about sums it up i've been working so super busy i haven't had a whole lot of time actually this is a bank holiday for us here in the states which is why i'm able to record yeah but i spent the last two weeks out of town so right for yeah, work. yeah yeah so what did you think of ghostbusters afterlife because i i saw that this week as well and i really enjoyed it it doesn't fall into the trap of being a reboot like you know like they did with the female one which was universally panned where they basically tried to just recreate it what i love about afterlife is it, it is very much a continuation of the original films and it tries to do something different, but still has that nostalgia value that you get from that sort of 80s vibe. It's got a little bit of sort of Stranger Things type things going on in there as well. I thought it was superb. I thought they did a wonderful job with it. Yeah, it's a solid film. Definitely worth the watch. It also shows that you can continue a franchise that's been gone for a while without insulting the fans, which is what the 2016 film did. Yeah. Especially in the pre-release and with all the trailers that came out. I think it's still the most disliked video on YouTube, that trailer for the 2016. Yeah. And then when people are like, yeah, this is stupid. You're just insulting us. And then the cast comes out and says, oh, you're this and this and this and you suck and you hate everybody. That's not how you no. get people to watch your film. No, they handled that really, really badly. I mean, you know, the problem was it was just a bad film, whereas Afterlife it just handles it so much better. It's the original director's son isn't it i think that mm-hmm. is actually yeah. the director of this they do a lovely tribute to harold ramis in there as well and it's just very nicely considered and clearly made with love of the original movies well love for the movies and love for the fan base that made the movies yeah that i think yeah i think there is a lot of thought that has actually gone into this and it's set in this small town where this family has to move because their grandfather dies and they're getting evicted because they've got no money so this is the only place they can kind of move to and it turns out there is ghost activity in the town and there is a connection to the Ghostbusters from the grandfather which is pretty obvious from very very early on. It's just the way that they constructed that whole story and although it focuses a lot on the kids you don't get the feeling of like oh they're trying to make kid Ghostbusters you know it's got that wonderful nostalgia value to it without being 
overly pandering. Sappy, pandering or sappy about it. Yeah. I just think they did a really wonderful job in capturing that sort of magic for people that are more my age that remember the originals when they first came out and what a huge thing they were. And also makes a great film that stands alone in its own right as well. I think it's a really, really solid movie. It's out on home release now to buy or rent. I got it off uh, Sky over here, but I mean, it's available all over the place, but definitely want to go and watch that. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's on digital over here, and I think the DVD Blu-ray release is going to be in the next week or so. So Yeah. The other thing I watched of new shows, because uh, I have access to HBO Max over here because of my connections and stuff, Peacemaker, which hasn't got an official UK broadcaster yet, but I managed to see the first three episodes of it. I really like that series. It's a great continuation of the character from Suicide, from Suicide Squad, uh, or The Suicide Squad. Which way around is it? It's The Suicide Squad, the film, wasn't it? Mm. I actually quite like that Suicide Squad movie. I know there's been very mixed reactions to it. I thought James Gunn did a really good job with that film. Peacemaker's not necessarily the character I would have picked out, but it's quite interesting what they're doing with him in the TV show. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, because like I say, it doesn't currently have a UK broadcaster. I hope somebody picks it up over here but it's one of those odd ones i don't know where it would land because it's very violent so it's not something you could pop onto one of the normal networks i don't think is likely to pick it up it's more likely to go on to a streaming service like amazon i would have thought over here but i mean that's the thing with the dc stuff it ends up all over the place because we don't have one specific broadcaster that it's tied to apart from hbo hbo has a broadcaster hbo Max doesn't so sky has access to all the hbo stuff but they didn't include hbo max in that annoyingly yeah and there's nine thousand subscription services at this point so. yes exactly but hbo max the annoyingly because of the fact that sky have this deal for the hbo content they won't launch hbo max over here because sky have this deal for the main hbo content which is blocking them actually launching hbo max so that's kind of irritating but hopefully somebody picks up peacemaker because it's really enjoyable the first three episodes have gone out so far so i thought that was a solid series i finished ghost season three which I've, i don't know whether you've caught any of this i know cbs did a remake of it as well yeah they've got a reversion of it with rose mciver who you would remember from i zombie oh right yes but she's doing her american accent still it's kind of tough for people in the u.s to catch stuff like that because that goes out on cbs and uh, paramount and that's a subscription exclusive service uh, you can watch the last episode live on demand other than that you need to pay like 10 bucks a month yeah to catch anything so i've not seen any of that i've not seen any of picard or any of that yeah, stuff yeah. because i have too many subscription services as it is i'm not paying another one for a single channel yes i get that the original ghost actually the uk version is on hbo max in the us as well actually so if you want to see the uk version you can find that in the US on HBO Max but it's such a wonderful series it's made by the group that did Horrible Histories couple inherit a house the woman falls out of a window smacking her head and then wakes up to discover she can see the house is infested with ghosts and that's basically the plot of it they're sort of trying to turn the house into a sort of hotel venue sort of place and a lot of the series is about people coming in and out as they try to kind of make some money out of the house there and the ghosts sort of uh, either helping or interfering in, in the way. If you've seen any of the other Horrible Histories things, it's very much their 
type of humour and their type of show. If you've seen either the original Horrible Histories or Yonderland, this is very much in that kind of vein. It's really a wonderful, wonderful series. And I've now seen the whole lot of it and I'm kind of missing it. It's a shame I've kind of got to the end of it um, because I was watching kind of one or two a day and um, there are only sort of six episode series and then there's a couple of Christmas specials. So you get through them fairly quickly. So I'm, I'm kind of missing it now. I'm waiting for the full season to arrive. The other thing I watched was the third and final season of Afterlife, which was brilliant once again. It's Ricky Gervais basically three seasons of him exploring the various stages of grief, but as a very dark comedy. The first season had him where his wife has died of cancer and he's about to kill himself. The dog basically saves his life and he takes this attitude of, I don't care about anybody. I'm going to say what I like. I'm going to do what I like. I'm going to use that as my superpower. And that's basically what the first series is. The second series, he starts to kind of soften a little. And then the third series is him realizing that actually he should be using his life to help people. And he's still kind of dark and acerbic and all that sort of stuff. But it has a really beautiful conclusion to it. It's done in that very Ricky Gervais way of not everything is perfect at the end, but you get the feeling that it's going to be okay. And I think he does that so beautifully and so wonderfully. It's a really amazing series. And I've watched all three seasons now. I think it's heartbreakingly beautiful and heartbreakingly hilarious. It's well, well worth watching. I don't know if you caught any of that. I keep meaning to see it. I keep seeing it on my streaming services and I just never hit play. I know you talk about it a lot. Matt loves it so much. Um, It's something that I should have watched by now i just haven't for no reason (laughs) yeah it is definitely worth watching it's very much ricky gervais's humor if you know ricky gervais's stuff it's the first time he's ever done a third season of a show because the original uk version of the office was only two seasons it's the same with Derek and extras were both only two seasons it's the only time he's ever done a third season of a show but i think he runs it off really quite beautifully and you know i'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does next chances are from the stuff he's been saying the next series of whatever he makes the chances are it will be on netflix again because he seems very comfortable with that partnership with them i hope he comes out with something equally kind of interesting and fun and we'll wait and see what he turns up with next and the finale of the expanse went out this week as well which was sort of interesting it rounds some things off but not everything and They announced before that this was going to be the final season, but there are things left dangling in that final season that makes you think that they may have been told this was going to be the final season, but if they did, they didn't alter anything. I mean, there's an entire subplot about a group of people on one of the planets that are through one of the rings. I'm not going to go into the whole background of the expanse because that gets way too complicated to explain, but a group of people on an alien planet about a kid that has an accident and that whole subplot line goes nowhere. You literally could take the entire subplot out of the episode and you wouldn't even miss it. It doesn't connect to anything else anywhere. It's really odd that they included that in the final season because it feels very much like kind of filler. I mean, it's enjoyable and interesting, but it has no purpose at all for being there. The main plot, which is these various different factions, the people from Mars, the people from Earth, and 
what they refer to as the belters, which is the people that work on the mining asteroid belts. They're basically at war. It resolves that bit of the plot line. But there is still this whole thing about the alien technology and the proto-molecule, and none of that is resolved. So it's a little odd place to end it and... It's not like they ran out of books either. It's not like a Game of Thrones thing where there wasn't any more story and they had to make something up. There is about four more books to go. So it seems a little weird that they've decided to end it here and not really quite finish it off. I mean, it was great. It was well put together. It just didn't quite finish everything off the way that you would have hoped, which is a bit of a shame. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a disappointing ending, but it's one of those things where you think, well, you could make more seasons after this. Why aren't you doing more of it? I I figure a show like that's really expensive to make. I imagine it is because, I mean, there is an all awful lot of CGI in there and maybe it isn't getting the numbers that it needs to be able to justify the cost of it. I honestly don't know. But it is weird that they went, hey, we're coming to the final season and they announced it as the final season. So they knew this was the final season and then they didn't really alter anything, I don't think, to sort of round it off completely you could have even done it with a sort of last 10 minute quick shots or something i don't know there is stuff you could have done but i would still say as a series it is worth watching there is a sort of satisfying ending to it it's just it doesn't tie up everything at the end of it so take that however you want if that's going to annoy you and you've not started it yet then maybe don't but they do round off the kind of main big story they've been doing for the last couple of seasons but it doesn't give you all the answers to all the other bits and pieces that they still left around so you know I'd sort of give it a maybe a B rating that finale have you watched any of The Expanse I've seen the first two seasons I kind of fell off after that yeah it's a good show as a general rule I think it's a really good show it's just one of those sort of things where it gets to the end of that season you kind of well I mean you look at something like the Lost in Space which is another space show did three seasons rounded it off very very well and was a definitive conclusion to that story and there are other places they could have gone with that at the end of it but it would have been a sort of different show The Expanse just feels like okay you've got to the end of one of the books but there is a whole bunch of things that you haven't resolved at the end of this so I don't want to say I'm disappointed in the finale because I thought it was still great, but it doesn't conclude everything and you kind of want more of it, which is maybe a good thing, but I don't know. I'd like to see maybe films or something, them continue it in some way down the line possibly, but we'll see. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
We kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. Just one cancellation this week. It was a show called Gentrified. It was cancelled on Netflix after two seasons. I've never seen it. I'm presuming you've never seen it either. Never even heard of it. Uh, No, neither had I until they cancelled it. So um, that has gone after two seasons. So sorry if you're a fan of that show. Renewals, we have uh, Godfather of Harlem. That has been renewed for a third season by Epics. That is on Stars Play UK. Over here, the Great has been renewed for a third season at Hulu. That also airs on Stars Play over here, although I guess second run right on Channel Four. One of Us Is Lying has been renewed for a second season by Peacock, which hasn't made it onto Peacock UK at the moment, but it is on Peacock US. And following on from the renewal of Grey's Anatomy last week, they've also renewed Station 19, which was pretty much a foregone conclusion, but uh, that's been renewed for season six as well. Moving on to pickups and other news, Why the Last Man, which was on Hulu, I think, in the US and Disney Plus over here, that is now officially dead. I mean, it had already been cancelled, but the showrunner was trying to shop it around to other broadcasters. He's finally given up hope on anybody else buying it, which is for them I kind of gave up on that show after a few episodes in I don't know whether you caught any of that no I never saw that I just saw the drama around it from the director and some of the actors talking about it but I never had a chance to actually Mm. watch it it's an interesting premise it's based on an interesting comic book I kind of preferred the comic book version actually I think it does a bit more but it was one of those things that I watched the first couple of episodes it didn't completely grab me I mean it was quite enjoyable but didn't 100% grab me and I sort of dropped off it when I found out it was cancelled so raised by wolves has got a season two premiere that is coming in march we haven't got an exact date for it but march on sky atlantic and now in the uk thursday february 3rd on hbo max in the usa that actually rated quite highly in the geek town awards which we announced earlier this month I was really surprised that rated so high because of the fact that nobody seems to talk about it. I don't know many people when you talk to them that have actually watched it and it was on like very, very early. It might have even been December last year, not last year, year before. So it's been a while since the last season was on. Uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's it's a good interesting and different space drama i do not have hbo max it is super expensive over here in the states if you get it on the cheap you can find it for 10 bucks a month otherwise it's 15 a month right and that's just way too much for a single streaming service i actually canceled my netflix last week because they're raising their prices again i saw that yeah netflix us is now going to be the most expensive streaming service in the us i think now yeah i saw um season four of cobra kai on netflix and they were announced their prices and I'm like, like, yeah, I just don't need to pay for this anymore. (laughs) So which services do you subscribe to these days? I have Amazon Prime because I do a lot of shopping on Amazon. So Prime basically pays for itself. Yeah. Um, I have Disney Plus, so that gets me Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus (laughs) as a service. And that's kind of the only ones I pay for. So yeah. Oh no, I pay for uh, Discovery Plus, but that gets me a ton of channels. That gets me Food Network, DIY, um, 
Discovery, History Channel, like 20 different networks are yeah. packaged into that Disney Plus, and that's $5 a month. So Yeah, yeah, they really seem to have sorted their pricing out quite well for that. I mean, we don't obviously don't have Hulu over here, but we get a lot of the Hulu content comes onto Disney Plus automatically because we have this service called Star, which is a sort of adult brand part of Disney Plus in the rest of the world that don't have Hulu. So <laughs> that's where we end up with it. A couple of other advanced air dates, Human Resources, which is a spin-off from Big Mouth that is starting on the 18th of March on Netflix and Bel Air, the much-talked-about drama version of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, that's starting on the 14th of February on Peacock UK. It airs 13th of February on Peacock in the US. Any interest in this? Maybe I might catch like the first episode of Bel Air. Fun random fact, Will Smith only got that job because he was so in debt to the IRS for his taxes. Uh, the first three seasons of that show, 70% of his income from that show went to the IRS. Yeah, on Apple TV, there's a great interview with Will Smith and Oprah, and he talks about his life and career and all that sort of stuff. But he talks specifically about the whole getting into debt, because I mean, when he started that job, like you say, he was massively in debt to the IRS, not because he was avoiding tax, just because he was a kid and had had no idea that he had to pay tax and nobody else was doing it for him. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so. that, that's fairly common with musicians in the 80s and 90s. Their producers and their managers just robbed them blind and yeah. never told them. So a lot of those people were just like massively in debt. Yeah. And they just had no idea. Yeah. I mean, he talks about sort of doing the audition for that as well. It's really, really interesting. If you've got access to Apple TV, some of those April interviews could be quite good. That one's a particularly interesting won the Will Smith one. But um, yeah, he talks about that. And of course, Bel Air, the reason that Bel Air came back is the guy that came up with the premise for it basically made a little film short, which he put up on YouTube as a sort of fun little project, taking the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and turn it into a serious drama. And it became this huge viral hit, made its way in front of Will Smith. And Will Smith contacted him and said, we should make this into a TV show. And that's how it got made into a TV series. And he now got a full TV series out of it. But um, there's a trailer for that up on the website. It does look really kind of interesting. And the idea of it being an hour-long drama is, although they touched on some quite emotive topics in the original show, which obviously was a half-hour sitcom, and they handled that really, really well, there are certain things that you just can't do in that format. And they kind of like the idea of being able to take the entire premise, turn it into a drama, and it gives them a bit more that they can play with with. So I'm really intrigued to see it and see whether they manage to pull it off. But uh, 14th of February, that is going to land in the UK, 13th of February in the USA on Peacock. On to some other news stories. Tim Allen is returning to the Santa Claus for a limited series on Disney+. Plus. Presumably, we don't actually have an air date for this, but it's obviously going to either be Christmas 2022 or Christmas 2023, depending how 
how long it takes them to actually film it. But the uh, the Santa Claus, which I really enjoyed that film. I remember coming out of the cinema when it was originally released. My friend saying to me was like, my face is aching for the fact that you have that kind of Disney grin on your face for the entire thing. It sees Tim Allen return to the character of Scott Calvin. He's on the brink of his 65th birthday and realizing that he can't be Santa forever. He's starting to lose his step in his Santa duties. And more importantly, he's got a family who could benefit from a life in the normal world, especially his two kids who have grown up at the pole. With a lot of elves, children and family to please, Scott sets out to find a suitable replacement, Santa, while preparing his family for a new adventure in life south of the pole. The limited series is coming from the team behind Last Man Standing, which of course is the sitcom that Tim Allen was doing up until fairly recently. And uh, it's pretty much the writer and exec producer and all the people that are involved in that show are doing this. It's filming in March in Los Angeles when it starts. Any interest in a Santa Claus movie? I'm curious about it. I do vaguely remember the first one. I thought it was a little weird of a premise that he kills Santa Claus essentially and then just takes over the duty. Yes. So I'm not quite sure where they're going with that, but you know, it's uh, Tim Allen. He He's having fun with his career, so just let him roll with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, he's he's got this. He was doing the Toy Story stuff. Last Man Standing has just come to an end, so this has sort of freed him up to be able to uh, do this for Disney+. And uh, I think this, this should be quite sort of fun. Yeah, I mean, the basic premise of the original movie was the fact that he accidentally knocks Santa off the roof and kills him, and there is a Santa clause, which basically says that if something happens to Santa and you're the first person to find him, I think, you become the next Santa. So he starts to sort of grow this huge white beard and kind of put on weight overnight and stuff and becomes Santa. And then they made two more movies after that as well, which were also quite popular. So, um, yeah, I think this is a, a solid pickup for Disney+. Plus. I think this could be kind of fun. Also, returning characters, Timothy Oliphant is returning to Justified. They've got a new series coming to FX called Justified City primeval based on another Elmore Leonard novel. I'm not sure whether it, the novel actually has the same character in or whether they've kind of mashed things together or something. But uh, having left Kentucky eight years ago, Rylan Givens, played by Oliphant, now lives in Miami, a walking anachronism, balancing his life as a US marshal and part-time father of a 14-year-old girl. His hair is greyer, his hat is dirtier, and the road in front of him is suddenly a lot shorter than the road behind. A chance encounter on a desolate Florida highway sends him to Detroit. Detroit. There he crosses paths with Clement Mansell, aka the Oklahoma Wildman, a violent sociopathic desperado who's already slipped through the fingers of Detroit's finest once and aims to do so again. Mansell's lawyer, a formidable Mojo City native named Carolyn Wilder, has every intention of representing her client even if she finds herself caught in between cop and criminal with her own game afoot as well. These three characters set out on a collision course in a classic Elmore Leonard fashion to see who makes it out of the city primeval alive. It's from the same team that made the original Justified as well. I know there was a lot of excitement about the fact that this was basically a sort of Justified revival, even though it is going to be somewhat slightly different in the same way that Dexter was slightly different as well. Did you watch the original Justified? Yeah, I was a big fan of the original Justified. This is something that Matt and I over at Entertainment Talk talked about a few times. It's a really, really good show, but it's also super localized. And when I say that, it means whoever was the showrunner for that show knew Kentucky because there's a lot of things that you see 
that are just to the locals. It's like if you right. did a show about Brighton Beach, you <laughs> could Google search the crap out of Brighton Beach, but there's only going to be some things you only know if you live there or grew up there. And Justified nailed that part with a rural town in Kentucky because I live in Indiana, so I'm literally right next to Kentucky. So a lot of that, I was just like, yep, that's accurate. Yep, that's <laughs> accurate. Yep, seen that before. So the showrunners did that really good justice. I'm definitely curious to see in it. I'm a huge fan of that show. There was some really, really funny stuff in that show. I haven't watched it myself. It's one of those that it's on various streaming services, uh, the main Justified series, and um, you can go and Google it and find it. And I keep on meaning to sit down and watch it. And I think it's what, four or five seasons or something? The five seasons. Five yeah. seasons, yeah. It's one of those that I keep on meaning to start and just haven't found the time to do it yet but I do want to watch it at some point because everybody tells me it's a really really good show and it is available around our streaming services right now so it is one that I want to go and uh, look up and watch and sort of prep myself for this follow up one as well I mentioned Dexter there I've forgotten the finale of that came out this week or was it this week or last week I can't remember but the finale of that came out which I thought was superb I think that really rounded things off well I don't know whether you caught any of that new season i was never a dexter fan i never saw any of the original series so i never caught the reboot the reboot actually did a really good job because i mean you i'm sure you know the amount of complaints that there was about the original finale which really didn't work and uh, the reboot really manages to resolve that in a very satisfying way it works what's interesting is they're apparently they're talking about potentially doing another series after this which would without giving anything away would have to be incredibly different to what we've seen before with Dexter but that would be intriguing if they do do something with that but um, that final season of Dexter I thought was really really good moving on to even more returning characters we have the CW are developing another Arrowverse show just when you thought the Arrowverse was coming to an end they come up with another one and this is a sort of direct connection to the Arrowverse as well because it's called Justice U and it's been led by John Diggle. After years of fighting alongside Green Arrow and working for Argus, Diggle embarks on a new mission to recruit five young metahumans to live undercover as freshmen at a prestigious university. There he will oversee their education and train them to become the heroes of tomorrow. So that's the setup for it. So it's going to be very much a sort of teen-led thing. The people that are behind it are two of the people that are currently co-exec producers on Superman Lois but they previously worked on shows such as the originals Vampire Diaries I think that gives you an idea of the sort of casting that you're looking at you know I mean you're looking at the late teens early 20s probably uh, to playing the kids you know that sort of young beautiful cast you expect to find on a CW show very much seems to be in that sort of area it is of course from Belanti Productions because it does an Arrowverse show as well where are you on the Arrowverse stuff at this point do you watching any of them now uh, i'm still keeping up with flash yes uh i do really like uh, superman and lois because mm-hmm. something this is also something that matt and i have talked about a lot they focus a lot on the story and the family aspect 
rather than just beating you over the head with good CGI. Yes. When the Arrow show ended, they had really set up a reimagining of Birds of Prey, and that never went anywhere, and I was super bummed about that because I actually do remember the 2002-2003 version of Birds of Prey, which they briefly mentioned in the crossover. Yeah. And looking that up, I forgot so many people that you know now were on that. That had uh, Dinah Meyer, Shamar Moore, Mia Sarah, Aaron Paul. Yeah. um, a lot of people that you would recognize being in that and that got like I said that got a little bit of love in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover but I was actually really looking forward to that as a show and that's going nowhere so yeah I'll watch the pilot I give everything a chance for the most part so we'll just have to see if the story is worth watching or not yeah I mean it is something a little different I think because I mean they've done team shows before you know because they've got things like legends i mean i still love legends but this feels like it may be the team show that they're kind of introducing to possibly replace legends because i think they're probably getting to the point where that will be you know i mean i I think flash is potentially coming to an end and you know legends i think is getting to that sort of point maybe this is the sort of team show they're hoping to bring in to replace legends but i can sort of see this working particularly as you've got people that are involved in things like vampire diaries and the originals and have done those large ensemble cast shows before i can see this idea of setting it in a school having diggle there as kind of the overseer of it they really went nowhere with that whole green lantern thing with the diggle stuff didn't they yeah and that's something that was super subtle because if you remember the episode where his stepfather was there his stepfather was named uh stewart stewart so technically he would have been john stewart yes that's that little little side hint there. Yeah. And then he popped up throughout the last seasons of the Arrowverse shows. He popped up in all the different series and made various comments about there's something he's been putting off and the last thing he says uh, I can't remember which show it was it was where he popped up and said he was done with that life I think it was Superman and Lois actually and uh, he sort of says I'm done with that life in his last appearance so yeah it, it was Superman and Lois because they brought in Argus for some reason yes that's right yeah it sort of implies that the thing that he found the green glowy thing that when we last saw him in Arrow was a green lantern ring but he's rejected it and he's not going to become a green lantern in this whether that is a decision that they made consciously or whether that was something that was they were told they couldn't do because they are developing other green lantern projects for hbo max and uh I, yeah i think it's a hbo max series they're doing for green lantern whether they were told they had to stay away from it and they kind of reversed the decision on it i don't know but it's kind of weird that they teased that all the way through and then you did it just faded to nothing whether that will come out in the I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it just falls into the same legal BS loophole that they did with the uh, Arrow and the Suicide Squad. Yes. Kind of teasing Harley Quinn, but not actually showing Harley Quinn. And all the times they kind of danced around Batman, but not Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's just more of that nonsense. Yeah, I suspect it is. They seem to have softened it between having TV versions of characters that were also film versions. They seem to have been a little less harsh because, you know, obviously we've got two versions of Flash now. Now. So they seem to have settled down with that, but they still seem a bit nervous about the idea of having two TV shows with two different 
versions of like Green Lantern in it. But then they've got other things like you've got Peacemaker has a version of Vigilante in it, which was a character that showed up in Arrow. So and they're very, very different as well. So I don't know. We'll see whether that Green Lantern thing comes back up again in this. This is only in development at the moment. And like the Green Arrow in the Canary series, it may come to nothing and may not go anywhere. We don't know, but it is in development. So we'll see. And the last story we've got for this week, Quantum Leap. Finally, after months and years of rumours and wrangling over rights and things, they have finally ordered a pilot which is going to be at NBC. Quantum Leap, for those of you that haven't come across the original series, starred Scott Bakula as Dr. Sam Beckett, a physicist working on a government experiment into time travel. When the government threatened to cut his funding, Sam takes drastic action, stepping into the Quantum Leap accelerator, vanishing from the present day and becoming trapped in the past. However, he isn't in his own body. He leaps into the body of somebody else. He's then aided by a hologram of his friend Al, played by Dean Stockwell, and the project supercomputer was called Ziggy, which was voiced by Deborah Pratt. He soon discovers the only way to move time periods is to correct something that went wrong in the person's life, allowing him to leap into another random body, hoping that the next leap is the one that takes him home. The logline for this new version says it's been 30 years Years since Sam Beckett stepped into the quantum accelerator and vanished. Now a new team has been assembled to restart the project in the hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. So although they have referred to it as a reboot, it is a continuation by the sounds of it of the original show. There has been some talk with Scott Bakula about possibly reprising his role in some way. He's not signed anything. There's no casting announced for this yet, but they have talked to him about it apparently. And and he seems up for it if, you know, the opportunity comes up. This version comes from the two co-showrunners behind the NBC series La Brea, which still hasn't made it over here, but that's the whole thing about a sinkhole opening in the middle of LA and people fall in it and end up in some sort of primeval worlds. It sounds wonderfully bonkers, but I, I've not seen that. The exec producer for it is the blind spot creator Martin Giro and the original Quantum Leap creator Ani. EP Don Basario is also on there as EP as well, as well as Deborah Pratt, who was EP on the original series, as well as providing the voice of Ziggy. Any interest in a Quantum Leap continuation, let's say? I remember the first run of it. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, sadly, we did lose uh, Dean Stockwell this last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he passed away in November, but he had really been retired for the longest well, yeah, time. He I'm was up on his uh, one or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on his IMDb page, and he has the last entry was 2015. Yeah. Um, and that was like a single thing, and then he did a single episode of uh, NCIS New Orleans in 2014. So he had been retired. Yes, pretty for much quite a long time. Again, it depends on the writing and story. I'll see the first episode, see what they plan on doing with it, and then just go from there. That's really all you can do. Yeah, I mean, the people behind it sort of interest me. Um, La Brea is the one thing that their showrunners on at the moment. They've also worked on Gotham, Hawaii Five O, Alcatraz, which was a short-lived series, NCIS New York they worked on as well. It looks like this duo are a duo that worked together quite a lot because of the same 
credits for both of them. They've worked on some interesting shows. I mean, Gotham was very silly, but fun. La Brea sounds very much the same. And it's been getting reasonable ratings for hearing reasonable things about La Brea. So that's good. Uh, Blind Spot, I think, was a wonderfully fun show as well. And I think they rounded that off quite nicely. So, you know, I, I think there's an interesting enough team behind it. And it's got the original Quantum Leap creator on as exec producer. Although, I mean, how much involvement he would actually have in that, I don't know. He may just be there because, you know, he created the original. It does very much depend on casting and how they go about it. It is an NBC show, so there is a, a chance that it will get cancelled after one season because NBC has a habit of doing that, particularly when it comes to these sort of things. But who knows? I loved the original show. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting how they dealt with some of the historical stuff because they were jumping back into sort of, you know, some of them were completely fictitious stories, but quite often they would use actual historical events to explore various things that happened. So I thought that was quite interesting and it does give them an interesting sort of potential thing that they can do there. I don't know. I'll be intrigued to see that land because it's an NBC show. If it does, it's only a pilot at the moment. If it does get picked up to series, it should end up on Sky over here or Peacock possibly. But yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. That's a Quantum Leap continuation reboot ordered by NBC as a pilot. So we'll we'll let you know if that goes any further. It's likely that that pilot will get shot before May and then we'll know by May whether they've actually picked it up or not. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Just some highlights for next week on TV next. Highlights for next week on TV. We have Queens, which is coming to star on Disney Plus for the first season. Uh, it's strange to now to have touched four women in their 40s reunite for the chance to recapture their fame and regain their swagger they had as nasty bitches, their 90s group that made them legends of the hip hop world. So uh, that's that show. That's coming to Disney Plus on the 19th of January. The Rookie returns for season four. That, of course, Nathan Fillion's show. That's on the 20th of January on Sky witness that's at 9 p.m ozark the first half of season four lands on 21st of january on netflix servant season three that comes to apple tv plus that's on the 21st of january as well fraggle rock back to the rock comes to apple tv plus that's on the 21st of january if for those of you wondering why that's not on disney it's because disney don't own the rights to the fraggles they only own the rights to the muppets the fraggles are still owned by the jim henson company which is an entirely separate entity and they can sell Fraggles to whoever they like. And in this case, they sold it to Apple. So uh, Fraggle, back to the rock. That's on the 21st of January as well. Good Karma Hospital, the fourth season of that lands on ITV. That's on the 23rd of January at 8pm. Trigger Point, which is a new cop drama that is starring Adrian Lester and Vicky McClure. It's from Jeb Mercurio's company, although it's not directly written by him. But uh, that could be an interesting one for those of you that are missing Jen McEwer's stuff. That is the 23rd of January at 9pm on ITV for that. Billions returns for its sixth season, which should be a very interesting one. Paul Giamatti stars in that. That's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 24th of January. It's at 3.05 a.m. that that's first broadcast, but then obviously has a second broadcast later in the evening. It's sort of simulcasting with the US. So uh, Billions season six, 24th of January. The Responder, which is the Liverpool set crime drama starring Martin Freeman, which you may have seen advertised around that. He's coming 24th of January at 
9 p.m. on BBC One. The Gilded Age, which is a new thing from Julian Fellows, the man behind Downton Abbey. It's set in 1880s New York. That is coming the 25th of January at 9 p.m. And Snowpiercer returns for its third season. That's on Netflix on the 25th of January. That lands over here. I'm very much looking forward to that because that's been really great. That's all the news we've got and stuff for you this week. Robert, if they want to find more of you, where can they find you? Well, Matt and I record podcasts for uh, entertainment talk. Uh, We do stuff either for upcoming CW shows or reviews of CW properties. Matt streams on Twitch on entertainment talk. I really don't do the streaming thing. I'm a fairly private person, so I don't feel the need to vomit my existence all (laughs) over the internet. But that's about where you're going to find me at is on one of those podcasts. Yeah, so we're back on entertainment talk. Matt's been kind of on a bit of a break post-Christmas, but I think he's back to recording now, so I presume you're back to doing shows and things then. Yeah, we did a recap for season two, episode one of Superman and Lois, and we did a recap of the Armageddon five-episode series for Flash before they come back in February. Yes, I saw that when I was over in America, because I was over in America towards the end of last year, and I saw the five-episode Armageddon run, and I actually think that actually was quite good considering how much I've been railing on Flash quite recently. I think they they actually did a decent job with that. For other people involved in the show, Matt, of course, as we mentioned there, you can find over on entertainmenttalk.org and that's got loads more podcasts. You'll find Matt there and Robert over there. So go and check those out for lots and lots of stuff there. Bex is regularly streaming on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes. That's B-Y-T-E-S. You can go and find her streaming daily. She will have uh, lots of retro gaming stuff over there and just chatting and various nostalgia things. So always worth going to check bets out over there she's very very funny plus you can always see when a random cat breaks into her place <laughs> that is true yes. yes that's quite often she will have a random cat that just wanders into the studio when she doesn't own any cats that's that's always quite amusing for Daryl, you can go and find him over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love that are shot in Canada. For us, of course, you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.